Welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas scraped by Iowa State 80-76 on Big Monday. Kansas avoided the sweep of Iowa State and now is 5-2 in Big 12 play and 16-3 on the season. And that was kind of a little bit of a weird game for KU. In the first half especially, KU did not look like they were on the same page as Iowa State. Iowa State played pretty well in my estimation in the first half. Kansas really did struggle through stretches on the offensive end. I mean, Diedrich Lawson was really the only guy that had it going on the offensive end. I think he had 15 points at halftime. He was so good. Before we dive into player performances, just kind of looking at the overall game as a whole, Kansas in the first half shot 16-34 from the field, 47%, but then turned it on in the second half to go 17-30 from the field, good for 56.7%. On the game, KU went 6-14 from three, which is good for 42.9%. KU really isn't going to be shooting a high volume out of threes. I think that's kind of something that's become pretty apparent. I think outside of your six attempts per game from LeGerald Vick, you could get a slew from Quentin Grimes on occasion and a handful from Diedrich Lawson. Tonight he had two. But I think that that's become pretty apparent that KU's going to try and find other ways to score. They're not going to try and force shots from outside. And just for some for some perspective, Iowa State shot 33s, only made 12, and KU made five more field goals than Iowa State. KU made 33, Iowa State made 27, but because of those three-point field goals, Iowa State was basically in this game from start to finish. Iowa State led for, I believe it was 25 minutes and some change before KU went on a 14-0 run in the second half. A defensive adjustment from Bill Self to start switching 1-5 through five really was a catalyst for that run. It did lead to some opportunities for the Iowa State big men to post up Kansas guards, but even then, I thought that Kansas held its own, especially Devon Dotson in the post. I thought that he did really well when he was posted up by Michael Jacobson. I think that that's something that could be really interesting going forward. If K- if teams do continue to try and hit KU on the roll and replace, that has been really the Achilles heel for Kansas this year and even last year as well. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Bill Self adjusts because Iowa State was really going after that action early. They were getting some okay looks off of it, but then when they switched one through five, that's when stuff really started to get going for KU on the defensive end. I thought Devon Dotson, one play in particular really stood out to me. He got posted up by Jacobson, and even then he was still able to get his hand on the ball and force a tie-up with Marcus Garrett coming in to help force a tie-up. I thought that that play specifically really showed just how greedy Kansas was last night. I thought that they played incredibly well in the second half. Really, once they went on that run to the finish, I thought that they played well. I would say, though, that overall, I think defensively, Kansas does have some kinks to work out just because of that roll and replace that teams continuously go after. I did a film room on Fog.net last week about how Kansas defended it against Texas. I think Texas came in shooting in the low 30s from three, and they went and jacked up. I think it was like 36 threes, I want to say, in the game. So teams are really attacking KU from the three-point line. 
But so moving into my player of the game, I kind of mentioned it at the, at the top, but Diedrich Lawson was just phenomenal. I really thought that this was one of his best complete performances. And I thought it was really interesting too. After the game, Bill Self in his radio interview, he had a very strong statement about how the game was officiated. It really did look like a physical contest out there and refs in the second half felt like we're starting to call it a little bit tighter, but there wasn't necessarily a continuity there with the calls I felt like. And just to give you an idea of what Self said, here is his quote. I don't understand the emphasis in the rules. They say you can't put your knee up the guy's butt when you're posting up, and Iowa State rode Lawson out the entire game. We didn't get a call once. We tried to move him around a little bit more, but the bottom line is he just toughed it out. And anybody who knows Diedrich knows his thighs are about as thick as his calves, and he has really skinny legs. So he doesn't have the base when people push him, and it's harder for him to hold that position. So that's what Bill Self had to say about it. I really do agree. I thought that the way that... Jacobson was defending. Diedrich Lawson was interesting. He was really trying to force him out of the post. And you even saw in the second half, Lawson kind of extended his play into the mid-range and started facing up with little 15-footers. I thought that that was really something that we maybe haven't seen as much from Diedrich Lawson this year is that mid-range post game. A lot of the times it's getting him, you know, looks right under the rim or looks on, you know, from the three-point line. But I really did like how when he was getting pushed around a little bit down there, he decided to move to a spot where he could take advantage of his ability and mitigate what the defender was doing. Dietrich Lawson went 13 for 17 from the field and two of two from three. It's his second multi-three game of the season and the second in Big 12 play. I think that for Dietrich, if that three-point shot falls, it doesn't even have to fall where he makes to every game if he's just making basically averaging out to one or two per game I think that that is incredible even if it's he goes one for two and then over oh two and then a two for three and then over oh two and then a one for two I think just if he can continuously just make a three in the game I think that that's going to open a lot for Kansas because especially with the way that they have been playing on offense they're really trying to get a lot more looks at the rim Lawson also got 15 total rebounds. I think that's the third time he's done that this season. He was just a beast on the offensive glass. He got a ton of putbacks. I think he had went two for three or three of four on putbacks in the game. He's now shooting 90% on putbacks on the season. And I mentioned that in my Diedrich Lawson story post-game. It's just how good he's been at getting those little extra points to help boost up his scoring. And just to give a little bit of context to just how freaking good Diedrich Lawson has been of late. He made 13 field goals, which was a season high for KU, and it's the most since Doak did it last year against Nebraska in December. And so those seven offensive rebounds as well are the most since Landon Lucas pulled down seven boards against TCU back in 2016. And then in the short term, in his last five games, Diedrich Lawson is scoring 21.8 points per game on 61% shooting and 57% from deep, and he's getting 10 rebounds and blocking 1.6 shots per game. I mean, he's just been on a tear. Scott and I talked about it before the season. If there is a better player in the Big 12 than him, there isn't, in my opinion. And I think that this is also a crazy stat, just to wrap this up. Diedrich Lawson has more 20 and 10 games than all the other Big 12 teams combined. I heard that on the broadcast last night, and that really stood out to me. That's just how dominant he has been this season, but also how dominant KU needs him to be for KU to win games.
So moving on to my second best performer of the game, Marcus Garrett, without a doubt, to me was the second best player on the floor for KU. He got 16 points on 8 of 12 shooting. He missed his three free throws, which is interesting for him because he had been shooting the ball a lot better from the free throw line this season. Got five rebounds, his usual multiple steals. He got three. I thought overall he played incredibly well. He was able to get to the rim. And I think that that is something that has really surprised me is how much Marcus has grown with his ability to get to the rim and finish at the rim. Uh, I sent out a tweet Tuesday. I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon. So I sent out a tweet earlier today looking at kind of Marcus Garrett's splits before Big 12 play and since Big 12 play started. And I thought it was really interesting. He shot in the 30s from two before Big 12 play. And now he's shooting 57% from two in Big 12 play. I think a part of that is early in the season, you saw him jump stopping and doing a lot of floaters in the lane instead of using his length to to just get to the rim. I think that that's something that has really changed with him, and that's why you've seen his point total really ratchet up these past couple games. I think that was, what, his third straight game of double-digit points. I think that his exponential growth has been great for KU. I mean, he played 39 minutes at team high, and it really does feel like now when Marcus Garrett isn't on the floor, KU just feels like they're missing something. It reminds me a lot of what you see with the Golden State Warriors and with the way that Andre Iguodala has helped them as a security blanket. And down the stretch, Steve Kerr puts in Andre Iguodala as the security blanket, high basketball IQ. He makes other teammates better. I really feel like Marcus Garrett is kind of that version for this team. It's just when he is on the floor, he makes everyone better because he can take the opposing team's best player and he can take the four-man on the defensive end and take him off the dribble and get to the rim whenever he wants. And you saw that with the way that Mariel Shayok defended him. I mean, Shayok's an athletic dude, but even then, Garrett was still able just to get right by him. So moving on to my so-so performances, I think I'm going to go with LeGerald Vick next. I thought it was a, a really bad game in the first half from LeGerald Vick, but then in the second half, he really did turn it on. Went 5 of 11 from the field, 14 total points, 2 of 6 from 3. And I didn't have any problem with the shots that LeGerald took. I thought maybe there was one that was maybe questionable. But I think overall, I really did like how he tried to get to the rim and tried to create. I liked, I think it was early in the game, he made a little floater. And I've, I've said on the podcast before, but I really want him to continue to get into the lane and force defenses to collapse because that's just going to help open up shots for other teammates. And then what that also does is it allows him to use, I mean, you saw it with one of the threes that he made. He just did a, a real long jab step against Shayok and Shayok just took like a full step backwards and Vic was able to just to pull up for a relatively uncontested three. I think that that is really important from going forward is getting more of those uncontested looks that maybe he could get by using jab steps and ball fakes and all sorts of things like that. I thought Devon Dotson had uh, a really up and down performance I could say. He didn't score the ball at all like with any efficiency, was 3 of 12 from the field, went 5 of 6 from the free throw line, which was great for him, finished with 11 points, but he had a a career-high 8 assists. I thought that that was awesome with the way that he bounced back from the West Virginia game. He created 20 points for KU and 31 total points for the team. I really liked how Marcus Garrett and he played off each other. I have a film room coming out Wednesday about that. So depending on when you're listening to it, go to the website now and go watch it and go read it because I think that the way that they played off of each other was really interesting. I think Devon, his ability to create for others and the way that 
for example, with Garrett, the way that he was able to force defenses to collapse. And then as they're expanding back out to the three-point line to get up to Garrett and Vic, they're able to just blow right by. I think that that's really small stuff that Devon Dotson does that really does help KU. But I do think that he has to be more efficient when going to the rim. This is something that I thought during the game yesterday. It was in the second half, there was a transition opportunity, and Dotson had, I don't remember who was to the right of him, but Deidre Glosson was trailing. Um, it was a three-on-two, and Dotson just did a little two-footed jump stop right in the left block and did a little one-handed floater. For him, it's a you want him to go to the rim hard and dish or go to the rim hard and look to finish. You don't want him to jump stop and try and floater over someone just because he doesn't have the size and length that a Legerald Vic does when doing that. And also, I feel like he is still pretty brash when he goes to the rim and does chuck balls off the backboard at times. I thought Ochai Baji played well in the first half. He definitely was very foul prone. I mean, he fouled out in 16 minutes, but he made an instant impact off the bench, and it was really good for KU to get them energized when they were down in that early in the game. He came in, made a really tough floater in the lane, went down on the defensive end, grabbed a defensive board, and then hit a trailing three from the top of the key where Devon Dotson had it and just fed it right to him, and he pulled up confidently and made it. I think you are starting to maybe see a little bit more of Ochai's youth coming out, I think you saw last game, uh, the four turnovers that he had, or three turnovers, I'm sorry, that he had, I think that that was maybe a little bit of a coming down to earth, and then to have another game where you're more aggressive and fouling, I think that it's all just bumps in the road and learning curve for him, but I think overall, he's been great. I thought KJ Lawson gave KU some really good minutes. Um, I don't know why he fouls so much, It it's kind of frustrating to see because he's so athletic. And he's able to slide his feet well, but it feels like he just gets really over eager with his hands and his upper body. I mean, there was one point, I don't remember when it was, but he went in with like two hands to guard a guy. It was just weird. He's really active with his hands. And I think that that's something that should get toned down a little bit because I think when he's in there, he does bring you, you know, a little bit of scoring. The numbers don't necessarily reflect the impact that he had, but I think overall it was a really solid performance from him. And then looking at Charlie Moore, you just got basically a club trillion from him. I mean, he got one steal in two minutes, but didn't do anything else. Um, David McCormick got two minutes, uh, got one rebound. You know, I really do feel like it, uh, Bill Self is kind of figuring out his rotation. And depending on the matchups, too, you've seen, you know, Mitch Lightfoot didn't play against Iowa State the game before at home. KJ Lawson didn't play. So I really do think this depth is starting to show a little bit, not in the minutes, but in the usage of guys. You're seeing a little bit more of the DNPs that you maybe didn't see earlier in the season. But I think overall, this as a whole was a, a good performance and a good win for KU. They avoided getting swept. I think that was the biggest thing. And it really did feel like really for the first I'd say 25, 30 minutes of that game, it didn't feel like KU was going to be able to plot a win. They just Felt like they were a step behind. So a really quality win for KU. So looking forward, KU now will go to Rupp Arena and face Kentucky in the Saturday blockbuster. That will be on ESPN. Scott and I will be there in Lexington to watch the game. And I'm really excited to get there. So with that said, stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of VIP 
and regular content on the website from the Iowa State game and looking into the Kentucky game. We have a flash sale going on right now, so you can get a really great deal for our VIP subscription. A lot of good film rooms, recruiting updates, exclusives coming up in the coming months for our VIP members. So definitely jump on that deal while it's still available. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at mswain97, and you can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at ChasenScott. With all that said, we will talk to you after the Kentucky game.